Okay. Uh, Zevon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Famous Last Words, a filmmaking podcast, a filmmaking podcast, a film making podcast. Making podcast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That was not the cue. That was not the cue. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, today we are joined. Oh, so we're not related. I'm Andrew. You're Teresa. We're not related, except by marriage, not blood. By marriage, not blood. We're also not related to our guest, who is named. Oh, it's me. It's Taja. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My name's Taja. Do... I wasn't. I didn't. Do you want a better cue? Nope. It's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm Taja. I'm not married to anyone in this room, um, <laughs> or related. I do think or it, you could be clearer on the related by marriage in that you are not like in laws. <laughs> you are married to each other. <laughs> it's usually better. We usually it's, do uh, the intro a little bit better. It's usually pretty. It's pretty clear you've never listened to an episode. I understand. <laughs> no, I actually listened to two episodes on the way here, but that's fine. <laughs> One of them was your Everything Everywhere episode, which oh, is why I came in hot. hot you came uh, in very, very hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Taja, you and I have, we've known each other, what, for, we, I we met, met right both of you during the pandemic? No, 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 no. We, we met the, when, 2019 is when we filmed Dangerous 20, Creation. The end of the, cause I was like one of the last scenes. Mm-hmm. I only, I was there for like three hours. Yeah, it was 2019. That was 2019. That sounds yeah. right. And then, uh, we like met back up to do the. The voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just ate a got, lemon peel. Got a little <laughs> rhyme in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we met back up to do what was it like the green screen stuff and the the voiceover of me getting beat to death. Oh, <laughs> very right. helpful. Yep. <laughs> but I don't think very... got used. The sound did, yeah. Did it? A little bit. We okay. changed it up a little bit. Okay. But yeah. I was like, I didn't hear it. And I was like a little annoyed just because of how uncomfortable it was to do. <laughs> I think it was the bedrock of our friendship, though. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's how we got I mean, to know that, you. Yeah, that was it. Like From then on out, I was like, that's it. Like, if I can do that with them, I guess we're friends. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So uh, you played uh, uh, Theo. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. Who and, was repurposed into... Another character. I don't know their name. No, you were. Oh, you were repurposed into Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, I can, that's so, like the worst thing. I feel like such a like. I'm not big enough to like justify talking to people about a film that I'm in and not knowing my character's name. Well, te- well, <laughs> I was like, you- who am I, Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, what is this? <laughs> I'm so, I don't know. I'm somebody. I'm in it. I die. I don't know. I'm like a ghost for like most of the movie. It's fine. Spoiler. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to be see the movie that was just spoiled, uh, <laughs> you can always watch. Danger. It's a podcast. They don't know what I look like. They it's won't true. know who I yeah, am. It's true. It's watch true. Dangerous <laughs> Creation on Tubi. Hey, hey shameless plug. Shameless. <laughs> okay, so first up here, uh, I'm going to. Here's the cue. Ooh. Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. So this is, of course, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Correct. The classic. This is none other than uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow yeah. from 1999. And so this is one of your favorite movies of all time, which Sh- is what we're talking about. Yeah. So I guess for context. No, no, no. No context. <laughs> we're just going straight I was asked in. To bring, well, I was asked, it was, I think the prompt was like three movies I like go back to or something. A lot, yes. Yeah. And so they're not necessarily like... I wouldn't call them like the best films that are in my favorites list, <laughs> but they are the films that I revisit a lot. Yeah. And I do go back to this one pretty consistently. <laughs> so this is a, uh, yeah, go ahead. So we, 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 or I rewatched it and you watch it for the first time. Have you seen it before? No. And we watched uh, my DVD of it that said two ninety nine. Be kind, rewind. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. <laughs> So this is one film that I've seen forever and yeah, own it. And I haven't seen it in a long time. So Mm -hmm. it was fun to rewatch it. Yeah, this is a, this was an interesting one because it's, 
It came out at the height of Tim Burton's fame. This was, yeah, I would say yeah. this was like uh, on on the like peak ele- like of his journey. I don't know his like cinematic journey. Like I feel like from from around here on, things started to get a little funky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is after Mars Attacks. This is mm-hmm. after Ed Wood. This was when he was like mainstream. Like this was when I hate that word, but like this was when he was something like. Uh, his product was a product everyone was buying. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like I think Mars Attacks was when he was still a little niche. Yeah. But by by the time he got to Sleepy Hollow, this was like a everyone was into this. Yeah, yeah. So he, he hot had, topic hit. Yes. This yeah. Was, <laughs> oh yeah. That was yeah. like. I was Did he have stock? In, he should have had stock in Hot Topic. <laughs> Half of Hot Topic was just him. At this right. Point. Yeah. But <laughs> and not, you can but tell never him like his stuff. Oh yeah. But never him. No, no, no. Not a not a person you would put on a t-shirt. No. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I don't know if you'd put any directors. Well, that's not true. I've seen some directors on a t-shirt. Yeah. But. So. <clears throat> Scorsese, maybe. He's Just on some everyone's t-shirt. like, ah, yeah. I know that guy. I yeah, know who that like is. Like, recognizable. Yeah. Tarantino. I guess. I mean, yeah. that's like toxic white man. Energy. I was going to say, I'm not here for it, but sure. <laughs> but sure. Yeah, no. So he had come out with, uh, Mars Attacks came out right after Mar- uh, Sleepy Hollow came out right after after Mars Attacks, mm-hmm. right after Ed Wood, mm-hmm. but right before Planet of the Apes, which I think was really the falling from grace for him. That was when things started to get a little funky. Yeah. Though... I but t- he had like a rebound after that, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. So Big Fish was after that. Big so, Fish was, and yeah, that was Classic. And that might be what people consider his best movie. I mean... I've, it's up... For sure, it's... it's Yeah. Like, quality of storytelling and, and um, a variety of casting-wise. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Big Fish had Ewan McGregor, whereas Planet of the Apes had Mark Wahlberg, and I think there's a fundamental there is problem. A, there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're not talking about those movies. No, we're talking about Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. <laughs> so to me, there's like some directors out there that work with the same actor over and over again, and they really have a wide range, but no one's range is as wide as uh, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. Yeah. I feel like this is distinctly different. Mm-hmm. And you can see, I think... I thought the movie was good, but a little uneven. Yeah, yes. Um, and I think that's because like Johnny Depp really wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I think Tim Burton did not. No. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and I think like yeah, because it was an interest. It's an interesting experience to see. Zivan's got Zivan? so many feelings. Zivan is going. is protesting the podcast crazy. right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like this was a circumstance where like it's a Tim Burton film, but Johnny Depp is playing like a kind of the straight man character which is like really different for their dynamic um and it, i think one thing that kind of like bums me out sometimes seeing some of the other projects they've worked on together is that because he was playing the straight man character he wound up funnier than he's ever been in a mm. tim burton film right um and that was always like a really nice thing <laughs> this dog's furious <laughs> Um, but it's also like, it's a relatively understated film for. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still very, you know, when, when, uh, Christina Ricci gets out of the carriage at the end in the like black and white striped dress, you're like, ah, there (laughs) it is. is. (laughs) Um, or when like Christopher Walken just bites Miranda Richardson's mouth out, like (laughs) you're like, okay. There's um, a few like very Tim Burton-y special effects, very, like the snakes coming out of the eyes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids, the the two twin girls with one with a stick. Yep. In the in the wilderness. Fantastic. One, yeah, I just like that's very Tim Burton. And the like the the blood is, I don't know. For me, that's always like that's Tim Burton is like that that crimson, too thick blood that mm-hmm. like acrylic paint blood <laughs> is like here we are we've done it we've made it. Yeah, I, I guess he really wanted to make a movie that was similar to uh, like a Mario Bava movie, like a Giallo thriller, and that's why he really likes that kind of, mm-hmm. that color blood, that like very contrast, the almost monochromatic. I mean, yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. even in his most realistic settings, that blood reminds us that it's always a fantasy, right? Yeah, and the movie's very—it's not black and white, but it's very like contrasty desaturated Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. everyone's skin is gray Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and not like cute gray like right gray right Um, but this is before the uh 
this is kind of early on. This is before the Helena Bonham Carter mm-hmm. administration and the Tim Burton's world. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do think this was a sort of spiritual predecessor to uh, their Sweeney Todd. Sweeney oh, Todd. Oh, yeah, and, that has similar vibes. Mm-hmm. And even you could say like Corpse Bride, which I know is a stop motion movie. No, There's yeah. a lot of similar. It's like if you took Sleepy Hollow and Nightmare Before Christmas and like squooshed them together, that would be Corpse Bride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's the, fun. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the thing I remember about it from when I was younger, and I think I did watch it a lot. Like, it yeah. definitely has one of the, it's one I, of those, like, comfort I films. I used to be able to, res- like, literally, you turn the film on, I could, res- <laughs> like, with the film, I could recite all the way to the end. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I, that's why, and, like, that's why I come back to this film a lot, is that it's, like, I went through a period, like, if this came out, like, at just the right time, I was just the right age, I was, like, in high school, I was just getting... Yep becoming spooky you know (laughs) beginning a lifelong journey into gothdom um and this film was like just weird enough that i felt like properly hot topic but just (laughs) chill enough that my parents were like please stop like you know yeah the thing i loved was the tree like the tree stuck in my head forever it's so and the tree comes up that tree comes back in his films like Mm -hmm. really like it's such a distinct and when he like pulls that bark and it has that like (laughs) it's still kind of gross yeah or like the 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 tree being birthed from the the horse being birthed from the tree. Yeah, yeah well, like, when, like, he first, when he first pulls like, the the bar that big piece of bark off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the like this was not a preset like right, yes, <laughs> chunk yes. of bark off, and it has that like sinew to it, mm-hmm. uh, and then the like the little the heads faces, fall down or whatever. Yeah. But the other, yeah, the when he's like hacking, like that's the other thing is like the little things that I've learned since then, and like the fact that like when he's hacking at it, they like didn't tell him that it was gonna have blood. Oh. And so the way he like starts hacking and then like stops and like kind of closes his eyes a little like is because he no one told him that was gonna happen. Oh, he is very <laughs> funny in that movie He's with so those funny. little like things. He's because he doesn't like they don't let him be like small in in like Tim Burton wants like big crazy kooky cartoon mm-hmm. Johnny Depp and he's very good at that you know but. I think it it makes people forget like the the depth that he's capable of and the and the subtlety and like he w- the more you let that man just kind of like be mm-hmm. the better because yeah he has these little re- and you see it in like um, Edward Scissorhands like the, my favorite mo- like I love Edward Scissorhands but like my favorite moment is just when he's like drinking the vodka lemonade and he like doesn't know it's gonna be vodka. And he's just holding the straw in his mouth and like just sucking like sorrow through this straw. And like, that's it. He's just chilling. So sad. And like, so funny and so small. Yeah, I think that uh, Johnny Depp's a really like, is he uncanceled? Was he ever canceled? I think he, I mean, I mean, he was things properly are canceled. Certainly, things are certainly tricky there. And mm-hmm. like, that makes it, yeah, kind of tricky to navigate anytime we find out that someone's shitty, you know, and navigating their work becomes really difficult. And that's something like for me, I wanted to be an actor mm-hmm. because of Johnny Depp, like watching oh, Johnny Depp. Like I was watching Deadwood. I was watching like every Johnny Depp film I could get my hands on when I was a kid, because that's the kind of actor I wanted to be. I wanted to be the kind of actor that like you couldn't put in a box. I wanted to be the kind of actor that could play anything and do right. any kind of film. And he was like the icon of that for me. And so like, yeah, even revisiting Sleepy Hollow now is kind of like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. But. I mean, he certainly had, uh, he has the kind of star power that I think few, I mean, maybe Adam Driver has it, but like mm-hmm. people who can like transcend the director, transcend the project to yeah, like bring, no matter bring what them you're, forth. Yeah. yeah, like even if it's a shit film, like he'll still be good. Right. Like mm-hmm. I kind of think that uh, a parallel between Johnny Depp is like the Adam Driver in the Annette movie, the Leo Carrex movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like it's an okay movie. Yeah, I loved it for the sheer camp. <laughs> um, I can't do camp, but I, like I honestly, my biggest like this. We're not talking about Annette, but <laughs> we're not talking about Annette. <laughs> I my Annette. only thing with Annette is it should be a stage show. That should be a play. That should be a musical. That should not be on film. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I will like. If that were on a Broadway stage, it would be 
groundbreaking. It would be incredible. But on film, it doesn't doesn't quite work. Did you see Holy Motors? No, no, no. So Leo Carx really messes with the form. The director usually is up to some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Holy Motors is like his maybe most known movie um, besides maybe Lovers on the Bridge. But uh, he is a French director who is very uh, set in his ways. Like the whole doll for a daughter thing. Mm-hmm. Very. But up- like imagine that as like a Bunraku like experience on stage and then having that actor starts like speaking as them. Like, can you imagine like the power of that on stage? It'd be great. Would be so good. But in film, you're just like, why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, should the Sparks brothers write a musical? Yes. That would be great. Should it be on <laughs> film? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that there are, I mean, there's lots of moments in Annette that I really liked. I think mm-hmm. the moment, and we're definitely talking about Annette. We're now. talking about Annette. <laughs> um, we didn't mean to, but no. here we are. But I think the moment I really liked Annette and the moment that was most transformative, and I think that film does this maybe better, or at least with some more purpose than it would be harder to do on stage, is when she's been a doll the whole movie. Yeah. And then at the very last scene, he's in prison for killing Marion Cotillard. And she's a human. Like That's... they're doing the shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, yeah. shot. And then it's like, oh shit, she's a human. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that like if yeah. if that if that person who was doing the the Bunraku manipulation of that puppet right. the entire time finally puts the puppet down and just speaks to this man directly I, thought- I like goosebumps just imagining that. <laughs> like that should happen. That would be so good. Yeah. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about Annette? <laughs> Did you see Annette? I saw some of it. It's not. It's a lot. It's not my kind of movie, yeah. so I didn't really want to watch it. I love like a just a weird. I love yeah. a weird time. So I was ready. I was like, "This is gonna be great." I feel like I could maybe go see it if it was on stage, because yeah. even though I don't ingest a lot of theater, <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, I enjoy like the difference. Uh, the differences of theater from film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just not like there are certain things that I are do. just uh, differently effective exactly yeah so i would enjoy it probably on stage versus mm-hmm. on film true um okay are you moving us along i'm moving us along you love a sad oboe how'd you hurt your arm I've had- me too I'll tell you a story. Close your eyes. There were five of them. Beethoven seven. The Indian. Second movement. The ex-slave. An explosive expert. Charles Darwin. And the masked bandit. They had one common enemy. Governor Odious. So number two on our list is, on your list. My list of films I go back to. Films you go back to. (laughs) is from 2006, The mm-hmm. Fall, oh. not to be mistaken with the movie about the two girls on the tower. Yeah. Not to be which mistaken. I think it's just called Fall. Which I watched. Or the show about a serial say, killer in Belfast. Also called, <laughs> also the, called fall. the Fall. The Fall, I also watched on that same flight that I watched Elvis and Green Knight. I watched The Fall. Oh, okay. Which fall. which one? The, the, one, the with, one with the girls on the, the tower. The one with the girls on the tower. How was it? Not good. Okay. Not great. <laughs> it didn't, didn't look like my kind of thing. <laughs> I fell asleep. Well, no, I was not watching that. I, it was next to me. Fall asleep during like every film, though. I was on a plane <laughs> to Spain. I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> Fair enough. So, The Fall is a movie that I saw. It's it's very hard to find nowadays mm-hmm. unless you have it on uh, Blu-ray or DVD, which we don't, unfortunately. Which we don't. But you will. It was on Netflix. <laughs> it's hard to find. It, can we even buy it? It's on the Blamazon. They got the the. It's on the basis. Blu-ray for like twenty bucks. Okay, well, we're doing that. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Um, But this is a movie from 2006. This movie, I think, is... There's a few movies out there Mm -hmm. that are quasi-lost films in Mm -hmm. the sense that, like, they were on... This movie was on Netflix for a really long time, Mm -hmm. early in when Netflix was a streamer. They've been around for, like, what, over 10 years now as a streamer. And this movie is not lost entirely, but it's... It's it's a rarer find, and I think this movie's kind of hard to find because I, I would I would have paid money to watch this on a rental site, and we could not find it. Yeah. So 
This movie is like it pops up on rare occasion. Yeah, it, it was does. on Amazon for like a little bit, like Prime for mm-hmm. like a little or uh, not Prime. Uh, what's the Prime Video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was on there for like a little while, and then it came down. It like it'll pop up mm. from one service to another on occasion. This is why you just gotta buy DVDs. That's yeah. I don't buy a lot. I own like three <laughs> DVDs. Um, I'm like that character from the Blink episode of Doctor Who, um, <laughs> but. Um, the fall is one of them because I can't trust that I'll be able to watch it when I want to watch it. Mm. And it's most of the time. That I, watch it. I think this is a movie that, um, I think the two thousands, like 2000 to 2010 was, there's a lot of more experimentation than is done now in a way. Sure, like, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot more movies made for $5 million. Yeah. Than I was like, the money was there for yeah. smaller films. Yeah. I think the tentpole system has kind of made a weird, yeah, it's either maybe you can kickstart your way to a budget or get lost. <laughs> but The Fall is a movie that is like visually on par with any movie Ugh. ever. I think it's like that scene where you're seeing all the people going up the steps in the Middle East. You know, I, like, yeah, that's that. The whirling that, dervishes. Yeah. Like the, and the, it, this is one of the, this was the first film I think I watched that I, as like, I always watch films usually like for a long time I'd watch them from the point of view of like a performer and I would watch films like and pull them apart as like an act like what are they working on what are they doing because I can't ever just watch a film and enjoy it I have to like pull it apart (laughs) I think the fall was the first time I watched a film and like gained an appreciation for editing I until that point had never watched a film for editing and like, not only was this... This film is, like, where I put this film in a very, very, very delicate bucket of what I would say are perfect. I think this film is, like, perfect. I, I don't think there's a misnote. I don't think there's a moment that isn't exactly what it should be as far as storytelling. But it also, like, the... Mo- you know, you've got him... That 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 twist of the hand into the dervishes. The, the, the monk fading into the landscape... Of like the stones, right? It's just it's stupid. It's so good. <laughs> it's a film that sticks in your head forever because I saw this when I was really young. Like it must have just come out, um, and I remember I loved it. It just has like mm-hmm. such a vibe, and it the feels vast. It's so beautiful, and yeah, it just like at that time. Films like that were not coming out. Like, again, like that middle budget mm-hmm. with like such a profound feel to them. Like mm-hmm. you had your big blockbuster and then you kind of had like indies. But this was like somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just left an, such an impression. I loved it so much. And I think much later, like I made you watch it. I was like, oh, you have to watch The Fall. Like <laughs> I haven't seen it in forever. Let's watch it. And we... I think we streamed it on like a tiny laptop at that point, but <laughs> your white laptop. Probably. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I just, even the watching it years and years later, I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So this is directed by, uh, Tarsem Singh, mm-hmm. who is an, Ind- I'm guessing an Indian director. Um, and he did a lot of music videos, but he also mm-hmm. did the cell, which yep. is another movie that people inject, like jump. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves the fall who sees it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cell is a movie that a lot of people didn't like. But I'm guessing that like he is a looking at his his IMDb. He is primarily a music video director, and I never made that connection between the fall. Yeah, but it is it is a hundred percent like visual storytelling. Yeah, yeah, to the highest degree, like the guy on the horse and the the Mm -hmm. orange wall. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I was also super into like Adam and the ants. Like yeah. that time, and they've yeah. got like the same makeup yep. that he wore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Lee Pace I was just like into all that vibe. I could I could talk about Lee Pace's acting, <laughs> yeah, for an entire episode. Like, oh man, <laughs> that man is incredible. Did you like him in uh, The Hobbit? Yeah, I thought he was great. Did I enjoy The Hobbit? No, but I'm not the <laughs> target one, audience for The Hobbit. <laughs> the one shot of a GoPro. Who is? Um, <laughs> yeah, do you like him lounging like Jareth on that. I still haven't seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I've heard Ooh, it's good though. I really like yeah, Bodies, 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 and I'm surprised how much I like that. I made him watch it. I've seen it like three or four times now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great. I thought he was his like villain character in the Avengers movies or whatever. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was like a very cool outing for him to see that. Um, I, he's obviously um, 
the the pushing daisies is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that. Um, and this film, I think, was like a like a cool a cool spot for him to be in. Um, but I think this was also like this this film when we talk about kind of like that period of time. Not only were we seeing this was around when we started seeing a lot of pushback against um, practical versus digital, right? We started seeing a lot of people pushing back against like CGI and saying like practical effects and the value of practical effects. And this film, I think, was, you know, the reason that it took them, I think, like four years to make. Yeah. um, Was that this was also very much pushing back. This was when the soundstage was becoming really big. Like this is when everything was filmed in a box Mm -hmm. and everything was filmed with the green box. Yeah. Like just a green foam box and actors got like sticks with tape on them and that's it reflective balls yeah (laughs) and so this film like being shot entirely on location all over the world like the fact that you had to account for all of that you had this little girl who had to like shoot for that long and they had to account Mm -hmm. for this little girl being several years older now um like that was also like i think a huge point that was I don't, I don't necessarily know that that was a point he was making intentionally, mm-hmm. but I think it was a really valuable point of like the, the value of the physical surroundings in storytelling and as a, as a performer, like as a storyteller, having that, having the sand, having the sun, having, you know, the, the jungle, having like all of these elements and all of these pieces and seeing what the image is going to be versus having no idea until, you know, the film is released sometimes Mm -hmm. what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. is so, I think so important and not to, not to knock the, the green box. Like there is a lot that can be done in a green box and it can, big ideas can be made on small budgets in the green box. And that's really great. Mm -hmm. But uh, now we have that really interesting technology oh, that uh, 1899. Yeah, mm-hmm. 1899. I was and like, our flag means death used it too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, it's good for volume. <laughs> it's good for boats. Because like, <laughs> how else? It's yeah. fake, but it's somewhat real. Yeah, yeah. Like you're in it. You're immersed enough. So like, yeah. it's it's pr- it's proof that like actors can do well with green screens, but like. Need. It always everyone yeah. cast crew everyone needs like a feel of the actual environment mm-hmm. to make it the stakes it really, gives you the stakes yeah exactly yeah not to not to backtrack too much but mm-hmm. did you see the fountain have you ever seen the fountain is that the one with the tree Hugh Jackman and, and yeah he's Rachel got the Weiss. tattoo ring thing mm-hmm. yeah 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 I saw that one. that's another movie with a vibe <laughs> <laughs> it's a it only vibe yeah it's only arguably. a vibe. <laughs> But I love it. So that movie came out the same year as mm-hmm. The it Fall. Did. Yep. So it's really interesting to think that, like, I think that movies often reflect their time in a really interesting yeah. no, way. Those are definitely kind of spiritual cousins. Those yeah. yeah. People's connection to eternity. Mm-hmm. I think that I've met a lot of people who have seen The Fountain or The Fall, but not really both. And like The Fountain, I think, is one movie that, in particular, people... I mean, I love The Fountain. I think it's yeah. I think it's a great movie. I think the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, um, Ryan, my husband really likes that film a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I, I think it, Ryan also likes Lost, right? He does. Oh, <laughs> he does. You guys' it's his favorite show. Movie uh, connections here in your soul, <laughs> deep in your soul. Because <laughs> right. I think, yeah, The Fountain. The first time I saw it, I hated it. Like I was like, what is this movie? I don't understand. Yeah. And then I saw it again by myself. I like watched it with some people, and then I saw it by myself, and I was like. I absolutely love this movie. Like, yeah. I've never really flip-flop on a film before like that. And part of it's, like, the music and the atmosphere. And, mm-hmm. like, I think I had trouble with, like, the no story thing. Mm-hmm. And The Fall, okay. like, certainly it has... a story. Yeah. Yeah, it has a story, and it's very, like, fantasy, yeah. magical realism stuff, so... Well, and that's the other thing, I think, like, for me, because that's why, you know, on the list of, like, films I go back to, like, The Fall I go back to over and over and over again. And I think because, like, every single time I watch The Fall... I notice something new and it's always a little detail and it's generally around how because that I think the first couple of times I watched it I was pretty young you know so there were elements of it that I didn't put together um but the idea that this this incredibly vast incredibly rich story that we're watching is through the interpretation of this little girl mm-hmm. right and so you've got you know he talks about the Indian and his squaw and all of these things but she knows people from India 
And so you've got the story, the audio of the story talking about an indigenous American and Mm -hmm. using all the language of referring to indigenous Americans. But visually, you're looking at a man from India. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the understanding of like the seeing the the doctor's like x-ray gear is the like scary nights of the like evil like all of those little like tiny little details of what he's saying versus what she's picturing and the story you're watching is what she's picturing is just so like just stunning to me like i just yeah i can't say enough good things unfortunately (laughs) when i saw pan's labyrinth i was like this is not the fall (laughs) everyone else was like this movie is amazing i'm like yes it's good. It's good. But all I kept thinking of was like, this I could is be not watching the, the fall. Yeah. I love, I do love Pan's Labyrinth. Though. I do too. It is really good. But it was like stuck in my head. It's yeah. like a similar type of... The fall will ruin film. you. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that's funny to me is I always, I don't, I don't compare the fall to Pan's Labyrinth. I par- compare the fall to Devil's Backbone. Because oh. I kind of think of them as like, I don't know, the basically the quasi-monastery, quasi... Yeah. Like the, the backdrop location is very similar in my mind. Like in my... You know, I hadn't thought about that because I saw Devil's Backbone like a decade later, and I think Pan's Labyrinth somewhere closer to the uh, fall. Yeah, I just I just think of those early two thousands mm-hmm. monastery hospital. I haven't seen this movie. Yet. Oh, you'll it's like, good. You really, <laughs> yeah, you would really it's like Guillermo it. del Toro. It's a mm-hmm. movie about like during the Spanish Civil War, Ooh. and it's like a ghost story. And it's very good. All I have to say is, kid and his wound. Every all the ghosts in this movie are like as ghosts as their wounds so this Ugh, kid what like terrifying. got hit in the head so blood floats upwards from his head <gasps> Ooh, okay because oh, he was underwater that's, yeah that's underwater. what he did with um devil's backbone <laughs> you're exhausting don't give me that look no 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 uh, uh what was the uh, crimson peak oh yeah he, he did that effect like, with crimson peak too yeah crimson peak was the like more like commercial up yeah version mm-hmm. of this yeah, yeah, devil's yeah. backbone was like very practically yeah I mean, Crimson Peak was, was really fun. I like Crimson Peak. It was, it was yeah. enjoyable. There's something that Guillermo del Toro has with Buffalo, New York, because sure. it, it comes up all the time in his <laughs> movies, and I, and I don't know why. And it's never, I never found any reason. I'd like huh. look for this, but like it came up in um, Nightmare Alley. Is like the climax mm. of Nightmare Alley. Happens. I still need to watch that one. I heard it's really. It good. happens in New York, uh, in Buffalo, New York. In Buffalo, <laughs> um, it, not also New York, um, and. Crimson Peak, like Mio Wachowski, Vitz, whatever, Alice in Wonderland is from, um, <laughs> she's from Buffalo. So the beginning of Crimson Peak is in Buffalo. No. That movie has cr- incredible production design. It's it's a very in visually costume. impressive film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's got an incest movie in them, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. I hope we don't. I mean, it is, <laughs> it's like a book or something, though, isn't it? Is it? I think it's a book. Oh, it could be. I thought be. it was a book. Okay, well. I hope- think it, I think you're right. If you guys pad for time here, I can look. At <laughs> I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was a book. But like, if you, West, bringing up Wes Anderson again, Ugh. <laughs> he made his incest Royal Tenenbaums is an, yes, is, is. is a quasi incest movie. Mm, sure. What are what are people's obsession with incest? I'm not sure. Well, there is a certain. It does seem to fall under a certain ca- category of person. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what? <laughs> So Crimson Peak was written by Del Toro and this guy Matthew Robbins, who I'm guessing is from a Buffalo. Screen... No, I'm just kidding. He's from New York City. <laughs> was born in New York City. It's not, not based Buffalo. on anything. Uh, it's not based on huh. anything. Uh, what am I? It's there's something similar. Then I think there's like a gothic horror. It's all book. in that world. It has yeah, that they gothic all do. Horror. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right, because everyone's dropping dead of polio left and right. So you know, might as well fall in love <laughs> with your spooky. sister. Yeah. Get weird. And get weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, so well, like you could marry your cousin. It was like totally encouraged not yeah. even acceptable yeah so it was like encouraged we had already to marry had your a long for a line of Habsburgs at this point we were good to go we were ready it's true <laughs> yep do we want to play are you ready to move on to are we going one? to the next one yeah I think it's time the moral of the story is watch the ball yes it's so good yeah <laughs> if you can find it I was 18 when I got married but it was not love Your husband is a saint, and we must all cherish him for Russia's sake. Romantic love will be the last illusion of the old order. 
known Count Vronsky long. He's a rich, good-looking cavalry officer. So we are talking about the classic Anna Karenina with uh, Keira Knightley. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I have not seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen all of it. Okay. All right. This is going to be a really yeah, interesting this... section of the podcast. All I'll right. talk about Anna Karenina and actively play tug of war with this dog. Um, uh, so if you hear heavy breathing, it's not like, me. It's the dog. Very familiar with yourself. the story and sure. the book. So like, yeah. Sure. And I watched nah. half the nah. movie. Nah, nah, but, nah. Yeah. So you're missing out. <laughs> I don't discount that I'm missing out because yeah. I loved Atonement. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've tried to show an Atonement to other people and they're like, mm-hmm. they've seen it and like, I don't get it. Do you, have you seen Atonement? I love Atonement. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Atonement makes, fucks me up every time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was another movie around the time of the fall that I made you watch because mm. it just like. Yeah. And yeah, I know a lot of people that hate Atonement. <laughs> I, I love a lot it. of people that hate it. And I love the book. Yeah. I love both. Oh, yeah. So they yeah, did yeah, a great yeah. job. <laughs> so, so good. So I th- I saw Atonement because it was like taught in class because the score oh, yeah. to Atonement is incredible because it's, so it's good. like the score to like, Anna Karenina is also I think it's probably, is it Dario uh, whatever his name is I don't know names you know I don't know names I got it. I got you I got you I don't know names either <laughs> but I didn't see because I Victorian era is not so interesting mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. but it's I think it's a time that resonates with you is this, I love a period piece <laughs> I do this period, I love a big this... dress I love a fainting couch I love Lo- a low longing cut, very glances booby, I booby love booby, booby Victorian dresses <laughs> I love I love hands touching being the sexiest thing you've ever seen I, I love yeah, it I forget I about it. that and Victorian stuff oh. yeah and and especially with Kira Knightley because her hands and her her work with her hands are is so precise and so good. She's incredibly expressive just with her hands, which is mm. so good. I mean, I don't think she's done better work than she did in Atonement or in Akrinima, right? I mean, like I, mean, I don't know. I like I'm a I'm a I'm a stan. I and it took me a long time to come to that. Like I think for a long time I didn't I didn't like her. Um, mm-hmm. And I. I think I was just the wrong age honestly like I think I was simultaneously very confused about whether I wanted to be her or sleep with her um and it turns out the answer to both <laughs> um so I was very resistant to her for a long time um but I I came around and I like I think she just she she has again such a such a subtlety and such an uh an element and she's she's very open and you can see that in her performances that she's she's never done she never thinks that she's done you know um, yeah. i think that comes across I, I think that uh the joe wright i mean we're talking about sleepy hollow we're talking about tim burton and johnny depp yeah no the two i think of them, that joe wright mm-hmm. and and uh Karen knightley uh must work together in a very similar way because mm-hmm. You just get the sense that like she gets what he's going for, and he knows how he knows how to communicate with her and how to get what he wants from her, and how to stop. That's that's the, the hardest thing I think for a director to do. Speaking from a performer's perspective, mm-hmm. is ooh that was spicy. That was that was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the as a from a performance perspective, like one of the hardest things to find in a director is a director who knows how to stop the shit he doesn't want, he or she or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying he because we're talking about it, right? <laughs> but like a, every actor has their isms, right? Every actor has their things. Um, like telling on myself, uh, if there's a if there's a particularly emotional moment, I am going to point at something out of the room. Like that's, I'm going to do it every time, right? Like every actor has like their thing. Um, And Kira Knightley has spoken about the fact that like one of her things is the pout, right? Like she does the pout very well. And Joe Wright is very good at getting her to stop Mm. pout, which is, that's a really hard thing for directors to do is get what they want while stopping the the isms. That's, that's impossible. Like, Um, and he's able to do that, which is really impressive. Yeah, if you think about, I think it's like if you think about uh, Keira Knightley in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, mm-hmm. they're very petty. When she was like sixteen, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. She's right. So well, young. I was actually thinking of the the later ones, which are worse. You know, what I mean, like oh, she was yeah, she had you know, she developed like, her she had, her process. Yeah, but like and she went all in the, the way early in ones, yeah, like yeah. in those, she's like very pouty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's every every actor has that. Every actor has their thing that they like lean on. Um, and which makes sense because humans we well, yeah. all have their our little like thing or yeah, quirks, yeah. our and, traits. Like, and, <laughs> and when you're performing, like you, you know, a stepping outside of yourself is always like a challenge. Um, which is why not everyone does it. But it's also like you still need like your anchor points. And the hard one of the hard things is like building your anchor points and and not letting them be like um like the de- uh distracting mm, from mm-hmm. yeah like from the I think the elderflower is kicking in <laughs> <laughs> all my words are we've, gone we've poisoned you with elderflower yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no I mean I think that that when you see a performance you see sometimes film is different than than theater in, in a lot of ways but the mm-hmm. most obvious way to me is that like movies are based on the idea that you go see the robert you know, movie you go see <laughs> the meryl yeah. street paul movie. rudd is paul rudd you go see paul That's rudd it. do something maybe slightly unpolished but but probably not <laughs> yeah but yeah, this yeah, comes yeah. from like the era of movie making where you go to see a douglas fairbanks movie or you go to see a long cheney movie yeah, yeah, yeah. to see what douglas fairbanks or long cheney does mm-hmm. you know i mean more so than you see oh what's uh this movie going to be about what's this performance going to be about mm-hmm. And I think that like film has, because it's a relatively new art form, there's a lot of people who fall on their isms. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's really interesting to see bad movies by accomplished actors to see kind of like where, what happened, what they fell on. And if you go see Donnie Brasco, uh, we were talking about Johnny Depp and Mm -hmm. that's what made me think of it, is like uh, Al Pacino and Donnie Brasco is like very, very... um, I'm being upstaged by a dog digging at his bed, but Zivon's in Zivon a way today. always wins. <laughs> but like, it's it's interesting to see a, uh, what an actor just goes on to their toolkit of things mm-hmm. they do all the time. Yeah, and so I think that um, breaking them of what they want to do of yeah. like their natural instinct often makes for really interesting performances. Like if we think of uh, uh, what's her name from um, Moonstruck, not, sh- sure. not no no no. <laughs> Oh, the uh, mother? Uh, Olympia Dukakis. Is uh, that her name? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to... Have you seen Moonstruck? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. wanted to cry. There's so many times where she wants to cry. Mm-hmm. And um, Crying Norman is Jusen, the number one. No, but number Norman Jusen is like, you don't cry. Yeah. You don't cry, mm-hmm. you don't cry, you yeah, win yeah, the yeah. Oscar. If she doesn't cry, she won the Oscar. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. she went against her instinct. Yeah. This is another one of those things that I could spend an entire hour talking about is actors crying. <laughs> I have so many feelings and I have so many thoughts and so many observations. G- give it, give us just like a, 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 a cursory overview. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, no, it's Don't just, cry. it's so interesting because like every actor, not every, I won't say every actor, that's too general, but a lot of actors want their big crying moment, right? Like that's when you feel like you're doing the work. And I've like for a long time, that was like a thing I was struggling with is that like I tend to play for historically in my career, I tend to play very kind of like puckish characters. I tend to play very like silly, young, um, kind of like tricky, fun, distracting characters, (laughs) Um, which works for me because it keeps it spicy. It keeps it interesting. But for a long time, I thought like I'm not a real actor. I'm not getting cast in real roles because nothing is asking me to like cry. Um, And at the same time, I was consistently seeing actors crying in these moments that I was like, stop, stop crying. Um, because one of the problems with crying in in storytelling and as performing is that a lot of times when the performer starts to cry actively, you, you're taking that away from the audience. The audience doesn't need to cry anymore. The most effective you can thing you can do is like fight crying. Feel that urge. If you feel like you're supposed to cry, like let, shove it down. Let us hear you fighting that back. That's going to give us that moment as an audience to just ball our eyes out, right? It's always the person, but because that's how we work as people. We never right, just that's, like that's start sobbing. Yeah. That's yeah. exhausting. It's that moment when you can see someone like putting a brave, like being tough, being like being as strong as they possibly can in a moment when they absolutely shouldn't. That wrecks us as people. That's like that, that touches something really, really deep. Um, yeah. And every time that you, and especially 
<sighs> Especially pretty crying. I can't. I cannot with pretty crying. <laughs> well, well Stop. I, go ahead, Teresa. I was just going to say, that's like like horror films. Like it's the anticipation of the feeling. Exactly. That that's actually like, gets the oh, audience yeah, to yeah, like yeah. resonate with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm editing things, like... It's funny because when we're filming things and someone is doing a couple takes and like there's one take where they're crying a lot, you're like, while you're watching it, you're like, oh, wow, that's the one. That you one's did so some nice. Work. Yeah. And then like going back to it when we're editing and you're watching it all together, you're like, actually, the one where she's like about to cry yes. or like just like the, almost that, there. Like, mist, just a little yeah. misty in the eyes. Or And they're, it's, good. it's more real, too, because I think instead of sitting there being like, these are the lines that I'm reading, like, I think the actor is thinking about trying not to cry and therefore isn't quite delivering it perfectly, which is great because Mm -hmm. it's like real human feelings, emotions, and it's not like, oh, I'm reading a page and I'm crying on cue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, like, I noticed that when we were editing our new feature, I, I keep going towards, like, the the emotional scenes where, like, people aren't quite as emotional. They're, like, almost there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not to blow smoke up your ass or anything. <laughs> Whose? Uh, yours. Mine? Yours. Oh, go. I, I mean, this is going to make you deeply oh, no. uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I hate it already. <laughs> but, like, I feel like the most you do re- in those, like, gap by gap moments really, really well. And I think that, like, you know, where you've you're either trying to remember where you where you're going but like you you can hold in those moments a lot longer than a lot of other actors do um i think that sometimes when people are just like "Ah, i don't know where the fuck i am like very quickly Mm. it's oftentimes that like if you were to prolong those moments as uh, you being the abstract to you but like i think those moments are often the the most interesting because like you get to a truth that is really really honest and it helps in the edit 99% of the time every director every editor will say the most interesting thing was the two seconds before they broke and said I don't know where we are because <laughs> that's how you're that's yeah. you're seeing like actual the actual mind work of trying to remember where you are and you are happy probably because of your theater training but you're happy to sit in those moments longer than most of the other actors we work with do it do with that what you will <laughs> Well, moving it back a little bit to Anna Karenina. We're talking about Anna Karenina. Because we haven't seen it because we're lame and didn't finish our research. (laughs) Homework was hard for me. (laughs) What is the thing about it that, like, gives you that feel that makes you keep coming back? Yeah. Two two main things. Um, One, the soundtrack is incredible. Like, I will just listen to the soundtrack. Um, That was, like, that's my, like, focus time soundtrack. That's my, like chill out on a plane, stuff like that. I can just listen to it top to bottom. It's so good. Um, and the way that it's used and and the, the moments that it creates in that film are amazing. Um, the other big thing for me with that film, and it's it weirdly, simultaneously, my favorite thing about it and like one of my biggest critiques of it, um, <laughs> is it, it builds a convention that this entire film is taking place in a theater. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. It's a really cool convention. It's a really cool uh, kind of framing device. Um, and the moments where they lean into that are so interesting and exciting. Um, but I, I do wish that they leaned into it more in the film. Um, because there are times where like you forget that that's what's happening. And maybe that's the point. Maybe, maybe I'm just... Uh, needy but um, <laughs> I want I, I wanted more of it um, because it was so interesting every time it happened um, but otherwise it's just it's one it's a very ambitious thing to do I think anytime you're telling Anna Karenina like I don't know if you've held that book in your hands but it's big mm-hmm. it's a big story um, it was published in like serial form uh, normally the way you would tackle something like this would be like a limited series or something which is like what the BBC right. would usually do yeah um so to tell that story in such a short period of time is a really ambitious thing to do. And I think they do like a pretty good job of it, um, of hitting like the keynotes. It's also one of the few times I think I've seen that story represented where like one of the reasons I always struggled with the with the book and with other interpretations is that like Karenin is 
like a good he's a good dude you know um and he, he doesn't really deserve what happens to him <laughs> um for the most part um and to cast jude law in that film like someone who is just like that's the kind of character he brings is like when he's playing a good dude you're like you are the goodest like you mm-hmm. are a gem um and he brings that he brings karen to the forefront as this like kind understanding like family man he's very you know job oriented and he's not as attentive as he should be but he's it's like a it's a he's got a good heart and a good soul um and one of the the troubles with that story is that there is this sense of kind of fate right between these characters um between alexi and anna and the the palpable tension between kira knightley and aaron taylor johnson is insane to a to a point where by the time everything has spun out of control you are a hundred percent you're like this there's no other way this could have gone they have to be together like the the universe has decided that these two people need to be together um i i think it's sort of similar to the the way that i love uh greta gerwig's little women is that like it was the first time that i on like I feel like her little women was her saying, you've all been reading this wrong, right? Because like I, I and everyone else was like, the fact that Amy is the one that like gets the man, like, no, right? And like when you watch Greta Gerwig's version, you're like, absolutely, yes, they have to get married. They have to get married or I'll die. Like <laughs> they belong together. Um, and that's, I think, very much how this version of Anna Karenina was, is that it's it captures in such a short period of time this incredibly intense relationship that when you read it takes a long time to put together um and by the time it reaches its inevitable conclusion you're like ah like absolutely um which is just like a really it's a very intense uh watch yeah (laughs) and i like that over and over again i guess (laughs) i do think that is I mean, I love both books and films, but there is something powerful about like how quickly you can get to that emotion in film and it takes like a little bit longer. It's a little more subtle in like a book. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you do it right, it's exactly what you said. You're just like completely bought in. You're like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something that is not done right a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, which is like one of those things that like I'm, I'm grateful for kind of the, the, the mass streaming development is like, the fact that you can just drop an entire season and everyone can just watch it in their own time is leading to these sort of long form single storytellings, right? You're seeing more mm-hmm. of these seasons of a show that is basically just like an eight to 12 hour movie. And I think that's usually where these kinds of stories thrive. That's where, you know, Pride and Prejudice and that kind of thing, they, they do well in a longer format. And that's because like getting, building that is hard in such mm-hmm. a short period of time. Um, but the, the fact that they were able to do it in a single film is, like, very impressive. <laughs> That's always my argument to you about why I really like one series, like, mini series or whatever um, they call yeah. them now. I really enjoy those versus, like, a multiple seasons or even mm-hmm. s- sometimes a film. Because you do with, especially when you're coming off of, based off of a book, mm-hmm. you get to, like, experience the things still shortened but like more similar to the book because you get more time. Yeah. But you're like strictly like movie guy. It's true. <laughs> you like the short form, which I think because you appreciate the art of being able to tell a story in yeah. two hours or less. I just less. think there are some stories that don't, that don't, they just don't fit mm-hmm. in that amount of time. You can't do it. Yeah. I mean, in some ways I think there's a phrase like the last of the wooden shoemakers. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that there's a art to the 90 minute movie, the yeah. 100 minute movie. When, when's the last time you, I can't remember the last time I watched a 90 minute movie. I feel like every movie I've watched has been two and a half plus. I'm dying. Yeah. It's, it's a thing now. <laughs> I mean, new not... movies. Yeah. 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 And we're not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to signal that we're driving past this, uh, <laughs> this turnstile. We'll we're, about... we're not getting off at this top. That, Everything Everywhere All at Once is obnoxious. And they're like... Oh, we're going to find... In the length. In the length. And no. that they show... At two hours no. and ten minutes, they use the title screen. No. Fuck those guys. No. That really bothers me. No. <laughs> nope. I, nope. We're... we're oh, stay two up, two stay hour up. TED Talk. I'm going to do a two hour TED Talk about why you're wrong. <laughs> no. Not on our podcast. Not on our podcast. Well, was, did you watch the OA? Yes. Fully, de- fully oh, derailing. Okay, okay. Okay. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold the fuck up, though. <laughs> 
So the OA <laughs> dropping their title card five minutes before the end of the first episode. That's fine. That's okay. You're good. No, no. I don't remember that. So, so, uh, they do. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I love the OA. Mm-hmm. So let's not shit talk the OA. <laughs> I'm not shit talking okay. OA. I'm shit talking your opinion. <laughs> oh, he like. I love mainly. the OA, OA. Okay, the OA would have been. They did the exact same thing. No, no, the OA would have been better as a movie. Yes. Oh, fully agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was too long. And everything first, everywhere yeah. all at once would have been better as a ninety-minute movie because we spend the last two. No, no. no. Can we? All right, <laughs> we need to eat some yummy food. So let's it's, wrap this it's, up. It's, yeah. it's, it's getting it's getting toxic. It's getting toxic. Uh, so, um, in moving on to our last example here. Okay. Um, oh, do we have time? Oh, okay. Can we do a? Do a what? Our food is literally here. I have to oh. Get it. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. We're going to uh, do a pause? We're going to do a, a, a pregnant pause. <laughs> well, that was a really nice pregnant pause. Food recovered. Food, food has been recovered from the front porch. No and stray cats. No stray cats have eaten all the food. Which uh, has happened once. It did happen once. Um, so uh, we're moving along to our mailbag seg- segment, and this is from our... Very real person. I need Anita A N I D A. Drink D R I N K. What? Yes. Is who's uh, prank mailing you and why? Uh, none of your business. And uh, <laughs> if you have a question, real or otherwise, you can uh, go to our website and use the contact form. Real would, people, fake questions. <laughs> I would. Re- I would like to point out that this is an actual person that submitted it with a fake name. For not a, Andrew Amit. made up not you. because okay. usually that, never, that doesn't happen up. ever they're always legitimate people okay, okay. <clears throat> moving right along here's the question uh, the, the, I need a drink asks us what film would you make if, you, if budget was no option oh. mm. and you're gonna have to answer this too Oh, I don't make films, so I you, don't know. You do make films. I uh, am around messy. when films are made. <laughs> Use your imagination. Use your, oh, boy. You have an imagination. I actually do have a, an answer, so I have oh. one too. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well, ladies first. Um. Okay, mine would be a super over-the-top, like, punk rock sci-fi yes. Yes. romance yes. action. Yes. <laughs> yes. I really want to make, like... You're already on board for this. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew I, you would in, love this. In whatever capacity I'm allowed, I will be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Boz Lerman style. Yes, yes. But yes. like sci-fi punk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I, the the Buckaroo Bonds I sequel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hands down. Hands down. I yeah. I, that that movie deserves its sequel, and I want to do it uh, so bad. I was literally, I was cleaning my bathroom today, and like building how the first scene would work in my head today. <laughs> and you act like you're not a filmmaker. I'm not, but I did that. So I cleaned yeah. my bathroom today too. <laughs> <laughs> did not think about Bunker I cl- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I want to do the Buckaroo Banzai sequel. I mean, obviously I want to play Buckaroo Banzai if anyone will let me, but um, yeah, that's for sure. hundred percent. What about you, Andrew? Well, so we're all going to space, I guess. Yep. This is a hard question, so I have... I don't think the Buckaroo Bonsai sequel is supposed to be in space, but that's fine. Continue. I mean, they're all space-ish. There's aliens. It's an, alternate, bu- it's an alternate dimension, Andrew. Okay, that's that's space for all intents and purposes. Anyway. Uh, we made an alternate dimension short film. We did. We did. It was it's not true. space. It's not space. Okay, so... <clears throat> My choice for movie I'd make without a budget is I always thought that uh, Gravity missed the boat um, in the sense mm. that it should have been uh, Space Oddity. Like it should be a person who is literally can't stop themselves from floating into space. It should be George Clooney in Gravity. Somebody who's floating into space and they're remembering everything, but they get farther and farther out into space and more and more time happens and they're oh, slowly wow. dying and they're remembering their life, and they're remembering all these moments, and they're all like little tiny vignettes as they are slowly dying and slowly suffocating into space. Wow. Which is what gravity should have been. That's um, not a good time. <laughs> but would be very good. Which is also good. the title. would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a really bad time by in space. <laughs> in, in space. No, I like that idea, though. That's 
heartbreaking, but it, cool. It is. It is. It is not. It would be fun <laughs> for none of the runtime. So, well, I think we're about out of time here. Uh, you know, I don't know how you two feel. It's dinner time. Yeah. Well, how, well, thanks, Taja, for showing up and yeah. being in our podcast. Happy to uh, be here and... We'll have to have to have you back. <laughs> so we'll see if the listeners want that. <laughs> what is this music? Oh. oh, it's 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 the music, the great final act music to my 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 miserable time in space movie. So uh, we're gonna get flagged for copyright. Oh yeah, you should you should fade this out probably now. <laughs> all the way, just go, just go all the way, and now play our outro music. <laughs> So thank you so much for uh, watching or listening or watching your phone as the timer expires. Uh, this has been Famous Last Words. Um, I'm Andrew Alden. I'm Teresa. And I'm around. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming around. <laughs>